0: Thanks for listening to The Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. How many are ready for a word? I'm ready to preach one. Let's get into it. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 9 verse 51, which we talked about last week. It's our theme verse for um, our theme series called All In for 2022. And then um, we're going to read also Luke 9, 57 through 62. So we're going to start at verse 51. We're going to jump down and then read verses 57 through 62. When you got it, say got it. Okay, good. Some of y'all, real quick, Matthew, Mark, Luke, that's for the folks that's in the New Testament, third book of the New Testament. If you have never opened your Bible before, it's a good time to do it. Um, Everything that I'm going to preach, you actually have on notes in the Cool Church app. It's already written out for you. We just put in fill in the blank to make it easy for you. So, yeah, man, I, I suggest and I encourage you take notes, use the Cool Church app, download it. It will help you. If you're online right now, share this message. I believe somebody needs it. You know the other fun thing about being in the school? We actually make it easier for you to take notes. If you like one of those, who's one of those OGs you still got like a notebook? Let me see if you got like a notebook. Hold wave it at me, you got your notebook, look. Do this right now, I've been, I've been waiting to do this since I found out we moved here. If you got a notebook and you want to take notes, you have a desk right there. Why don't you just flip that desk out right now? Class is in session, I love it. I've been waiting, I'm like, ooh, we didn't have this at the Cultural Center, we got desk, ooh. How many of y'all like y'all desk for y'all notebook? Come on, somebody like that. I've been, I've been waiting for that. Love that. I you, you shouldn't be up in your hand like trying to write like that. You just pull your desk out and I'm taking my notes today. Feel good about it. I love it. Luke chapter 9, verse 51, our main theme verse for all in says, as the time approached for him, him is Jesus, to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out Towards Jerusalem, he resolutely set out. He was all in. He was focused on his mission. He was focused on his goal. You have to read that before you read what happens next, because as Jesus is walking towards Jerusalem, he encounters some individuals along the way, and this is what I'm going to lean in towards for the next few weeks all the way up to January 30th, which is going to be Cool Church's third birthday in the church. Say amen. Man, we just winning this year. I love it. Luke 9, 57 through 62. As Jesus set out resolutely towards Jerusalem, this is what happened. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to rest his head. What a, what, a, what a response, man. Jesus, I follow you. Yeah, that's cool. I'm homeless. That's what he said. Verse 59. He said to another man. Now, the first man said, I will follow you. This time, Jesus looked at somebody. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, First, let me go bury my father. (laughs) Listen to this response. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. It's harsh, isn't it? Man. Verse 61. Still another said, somebody else volunteering. I want to follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Verse 62. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. That's a good place to say amen. amen. <laughs> Today we're going to really lean in to verses 57 um, through 58. And once again, as we continue the series, we'll do 59, 60, 61, 62. But I really want you to dig in with me to verses 57 and, 58. and if you take in notes on this second message of All In, I've entitled it this. The truth is, that's it. The truth is. The truth is. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. For this is the day that you with me. May God, let us rejoice and be glad in God. I thank you. That before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew that this day would come. God, you're not surprised by it. I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears are open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus. God, I pray for the one, the one that needs to hear this the most. God, I don't do this for my ego. I do this for your altar so that people can change when they meet you. People won't change by meeting me. They'll change by meeting you. May you introduce yourself or reintroduce yourself that somebody, to somebody that has forgotten about you today. May they know your son Jesus because he is the one that has the power to save. I pray that somebody meets Jesus. In Jesus' name and everybody said, Everybody set. Take about five seconds to give Jesus Christ a shout of praise in this place today. all in all in is the theme for 2022 for cool church and like I told you it comes from this verse in Luke 9 uh, chapter excuse me verse 51 that says as he approached as the time for him approached to be taken up to heaven Jesus knew he was going to go to Jerusalem he's going to get crucified on a cross that was his mission that was his purpose. Jesus was redemption before creation. He had to come as a physical man and in order to pay the sins, the price for sins of all of humanity, something had to die. God required a sacrifice and he chose to sacrifice his son. So Jesus was resolutely walking towards, he was focused, he was all in to his mission. Nothing could stop Jesus when he had set out to fulfill his mission and the church said, amen. Jesus was on a mission that nothing could stop. He was all in. And I love Jesus because when Jesus is looking for disciples he's actually modeling what he requires his disciples to do before he ever asked them to actually do it. Jesus is a leader that I follow because there's nothing on this planet that he has asked me to do that he has not first done himself. And I promise you Jesus When he asked you to do something, he would have already done the most extreme version of it. Jesus dies for you, but he actually never asked you to die for him. He asked you to live for him. He does the most extreme version just to prove a point that there is no links that he is not willing to go through for you. There is nothing that he will ever ask you to do that he hasn't already done Himself. Jesus, what's even more interesting as we read these passages in Luke 9 57 through 62, anytime somebody says that they want to follow him or he asked them to follow him, says, hey some follow me, or somebody says, Jesus, I want to follow you. Did you hear the three responses that I read? They're, they're not just like brutally honest, they're like painfully honest, they're like borderline rude. Like Jesus, Jesus don't care. Jesus was a savage. Jesus was like, listen, hey, you want to follow me? I ain't got a place to live. I'm going to keep on moving. Hey, you want to follow me? Hey, uh, 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 I got to go bury my dad first. Man, let the dead bury the dead. I ain't got no time for that. J- J- Jesus, I want to follow you. Let me say bye to my family. He's like, hey, if you, if you turn away from me, you're not even fit for service in the kingdom. That's not, that's, that's not like what we're used to hearing about Jesus. God is love. That doesn't sound very loving, does it? You know what it sounds? Sounds truthful. Sounds honest. It sounds real. I love Jesus because Jesus never asked you to be all in without first telling you the truth about what you're getting into. I remember years ago, me and my wife uh, were newlyweds. This year will mark 15 years of marriage, and you're getting finer every year, girl. Sheesh. I have known her for 23 years of my life. Now, I have known you for more than half of my life. You are literally my favorite human and the best thing that has ever happened to me. I love you. Now, say it and I would sing it, but everybody would leave, so I just say it, I love you. But I remember when we first got married, we didn't have much money, man, we were young kids trying to figure out, we were in our early 20s, and, and you know, every, every newlywed couple, man, like, you wanna take trips, like, that's one of the things, that we, we love to travel, right? How many of y'all love to travel out there? Love to travel. Uh, I love to travel, and, and we didn't have much money, so my wife, she, man, she's always, she's always responsible for booking our trips, okay? And she plans the most spectacular trips. But when we were young and we were broke, she was like, babe, you won't believe it. I found a trip that we can go on. It's going to cost us like nothing to go. I was like, what? Sign me up, $3.99? I'm with that. So she books the trip and we go, we go to Las Vegas. What happens in Vegas Y'all ain't saved. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like Vegas, because I like technology, and I like all the fun stuff, you know, I like, I, like, I like looking at the shows, I just like it. The food is phenomenal, oh my God, so many different kinds of food you eat. Went to Vegas, and we were living it up, man. I was like, how much does you She was like, don't worry about it, it's taken care of, it costs us like nothing. I was like, I was like, girl, you sure? I was like, yeah, so I mean, we like living it up. I'm like going from hotel to hotel, jumping from pool to pool. I'm like, I'm going around, my spirits, I'm eating all the food. I'm like, man, this room is not this, 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 this four-star, I've never even been in a one-star before. This, this amazing. And we living up on this trip, we living it up. Said, days of fun. She was like, yeah, yeah, this is awesome, right, babe? I said, I said, yeah, I said, I said, I said babe. I said, I feel like this is too good to be true. She's like, no, nah, man, they just told me like, we just gotta sit through this little presentation. y'all know where I'm going. (laughs) Just got to sit through this little presentation and everything is covered. Little did I know when I was young and dumb that that presentation, and you've already fast-forwarded ahead in the story before I've gotten there, was a timeshare presentation. (laughs) They had wined and dined us. They had rolled out the red carpet because they wanted us to experience what it would be like to live in Vegas. And all we had to do was buy a piece of a beautiful timeshare that we'll be obligated to for the next 150 years. (laughs) I'm saying, listen to this presentation, I'm like, Joe, like, and this thing is going on for like hours. Like, I'm like, man, I'm like, man, I don't even think triple's worth is. Like, why? Like, I'm being punished. I was like, God was like, you shouldn't have been in Vegas anyway. Like, I feel like I was being punished. Go to Vegas, it's fine. Okay. I felt like I was being punished. And at the end, they, they, man, they, oh, they pitch you so, well. they, like, they make it sound like, like, man, this is a good thing for you. Getting locked into this, is the best thing for you. And I'm like, like, like I almost fell for it, y'all. I ain't even gonna front. I was like, man, we really did have like a nice time. I almost fell for it. But the problem is, the, the reason that they couldn't win is because I'm entirely too cheap. <laughs> they could not pry my wallet from my fingers. and They would have to pry it out of my cold, dead hands. I was not... Giving these folk my money. And the truth be told, we were so broke, we couldn't afford the timeshare anyway. And I looked at this, I was like, Joe, they brought us here. And they treated us well because they was trying to sell us the whole time. And I thought about it when people want to lure you into something they show you all the bells and whistles first and then they hit you with the reality after this is how the world works but this is why jesus confounds all of humanity because he has the exact opposite sales tactic the world will try to show you how awesome something is first. And then they'll hit you with the reality after. This is the difference between a cult and the church of God. Because let me tell you what cults do. And I don't know where you're at today, and I don't know where you're watching from, but you might even be in a church that is a cult. Let me give you some warning signs. You might be in one because they will try to draw you in to servitude under false pretenses, they won't let you know what's really going on. They will try to, they'll they'll try to make us, oh man, if you join this, everything's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be all right. And you're like, man, this is good. Then a few months in, somebody's gonna talk to you sideways. A Few months in, they're gonna ask you to do more than you expected. And you're gonna look at them like you crazy. You know why? Because they didn't tell you what to expect from the beginning. They tried to coerce you in. And I love it because church done God's way is honest about the sacrifices that you're required to make up front. This was the method that Jesus used to create disciples. And if I could be honest, Jesus probably had the worst sales tactic in history. You want to follow me? Pick up your cross. What? Like, I love Jesus because as crazy as his tactics were, like, it was almost like reverse evangelism. He let you know how bad it was going to be first. He was real with you because he wanted to give people a real expectation about what they might get into. Might have been very harsh to hear, but the thing about Jesus is he's just brutally honest. And I love it because Jesus, in being honest up front, you know what he does? He gives his disciples a choice. When you let me know what I'm getting into up front, you give me a choice. When people try to lie to you and make you think that everything is good and they try to sell you and coerce you into something, they, they pull you in and they sell you on false pretenses. Jesus says, let me, know you, let, me let you know how crazy this thing is going to be up front so you can have a choice. Because I don't want people with me that's not going to be all in. I want people that's going to be fully devoted, fully dedicated. And I know, man, this probably might not be a popular message to preach at the beginning of the year, but I'd rather be honest with you. I'd rather tell you the truth up front. If you're still following, praise be to God. This is not the message that I'm going to preach to get more influence or more followers or more likes. I'm going to be very truthful about what God requires out of you. My job in preaching the gospel is to become less famous as Jesus becomes more famous. So I'm going to tell you the truth about what he requires of you. Three things and I promise you they'll be really quick and we will go. The first is, truth is some of us move way too fast. I'm gonna sip my, I wish, it was, I wish this was tea. <laughs> some of us move entirely too fast. Look at what Luke 9, 57 and 58 says. I'm gonna just read it again to refresh your memory. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, let me ask you, did Jesus call this man? He volunteered himself. A man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Really? I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus' response, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to rest his head. I will follow you wherever you go. The truth is, people often get deceived because they're too excited to dive into things without first counting the cost. You're way too amped. Listen, I love new Christians. New Christians are some of my favorite people because they like to run into stuff blindly, but the reality is some of them fizzle out quickly because they've never counted the cost. I want people that understand what this thing is actually about, here's the truth, I actually respect people that look before they leap. I respect people that ask questions. Like, there might be spaces where you go and when you question or you ask questions of authority, they look at you like they're sideways. You know why? Because they want to control you, they don't want to bless you. If Jesus wasn't scared of the disciples' questions, what like, would I look like being scared of your questions? If I ain't got the answer, God does. I'd be like, listen, I don't know right now. Let me read this word and I'll get back to you. I ain't scared of your questions. Ask questions. Don't just blindly run into something without fully knowing what it requires. This is why I love Jesus. He lets you know what's happening up front. He gives you the truth up front because he wants you to fully commit to it. Jesus was extremely blunt and honest about what he expected people to do. So much so, What Jesus would do, and this is why I know he was a master communicator, Jesus would say things that are so awkward and so off-putting because he wanted you to actually think about what he was saying. Before, Before you could receive what Jesus is saying in your heart, he actually says crazy stuff to you just so you could actually think about what he just said. You say, okay, what are you talking about? I'll show you, Luke chapter 14. Verse 20, I'm going to start at uh, verse 25. Look at what it says. It says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate. if (laughs) If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother. Wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life. Such a person cannot be my disciple. Yeah, I ain't hear many amens on that. Jesus is saying things that if we said out in popular culture, sound asinine to the masses. I did not cuss. (laughs) Because he wants you to really think about what he's saying. Why would Jesus tell me to hate my family? I thought we were grafted into the family of Christ. I thought I was supposed to honor my mother and my father, and my days shall be longer on this earth. What I look like hating my sisters and my brothers and my mother and my father, that does not make sense. But if that's all you think that Jesus is saying, you haven't thought about what he truly said. Jesus says, if anyone comes to what? Me. If anyone comes to me and does not, he's saying, if you allow somebody else to take my place, that's a problem. I don't care who it is. If you want to, when it, that, that, that word come to me translates is, guess what? Follow. If you want to follow me, make sure that you don't put anybody above me. Y'all just heard me profess my love to my wife. As much as I love my wife, I don't love her as much as I love Jesus. And I can stand here confidently, and she's not offended by me saying that. because guess what? There's another man in her life, and his name is Jesus. There is no one that takes the place of God. Why does Jesus have to say this? Because we read other verses in the Bible that say, Thou shalt not have any other idols before me. We can make people we love idols if we're not careful. Jesus is against idol worship. He doesn't want anything to take his place. So even things that sound good, like, man, I I love my wife over everything. Stop that. I love my husband over everything. Stop that. I love my kid. Because let me tell you something. Your husband, your wife, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, guess what? All of them can and one day will disappoint you. Guess who never disappoints you? His name is Jesus. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Nothing is impossible for him. It's impossible for him to disappoint you because he is everything and everything that was ever created was created through him. When he says you need to hate your family, he's not telling you to hate your family just to hate them. He's saying I need them to take the back burner to me. But let's, let's, keep, let's keep reading this, though, because I like this. That sounds crazy, but then he gives other examples. He's like, all right, that's too much for you here. Here's another one. He says, he says, um, verse 27, and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Listen, man, I, listen, I want an easy life. I don't want to carry nobody's cross. He says, you better pick up that cross. You got, what is he saying? In this life, you're going to have to hold some weight. So life ain't meant to be. I'm just listening. Like I said, I know this might, be the, this might not be the hallelujah shout you down message. I just want to tell you the truth. I don't want you to move forward with cool church or the kingdom one step further if you don't know the truth about it. Yeah, yeah. It's just a reality. Verse 28. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it for if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish everyone who sees will ridicule you saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish you know why so many people are deterred from church because it's a lot of people that have not counted the cost to be a Christian and they out there professing Christianity and the world is laughing at them because they have not done what is required for their faith. They say you a Christian and you acting like that when they acting like that it's cuz they have not fully counted the cost. They have received grace but have not lived in the truth of the word. You got to count the cost to live in the truth. So you ain't got to amen. It's all right. I already know. That's called conviction. Bam. <laughs> Listen, verse 31. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider with, uh, uh, whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and ask for terms of peace. Nobody goes into war if they don't believe that they can win the battle. They must count the cost Jesus is trying to tell us everything in this life especially being my disciple there is a cost to it in the same way those of you who do not give up everything you cannot be my disciple God Jesus wants nothing to take his place and he is clear about it I don't care how good that thing is I don't care how spiritual you try to make it sound nothing needs to take the place of Jesus why is Jesus telling us things that sound so harsh? Because Jesus gave you a brain. He did not want you to shut it off. Some people, oh, I'm going just, I'm to just live life by blind faith. No, that's stupid. God gave you a brain. God gave you a brain to consider. To count the cost, to think about what he's actually asking you to do. Why? Because if God does not give us a brain to think about what he is asking, you know what he does? He makes us slaves instead of sons, because now if we don't have a brain to think about what we're doing, we don't have free will. I love the God that loved me enough to give me a brain to think about what he asked me to do so that I can make a decision. I could make a choice. Is anybody in this room into slavery? Didn't think I would see any hands going up. If God required you to blindly follow him without thinking, if he forced you to love him, then he would not be a good father and you would not be his child. He would be a master and you would be a slave. He's giving you the ability to think about what he has called you to do. Jesus does not want us to shut off our brain. He gives us ability to make decisions. How do I know that? Because Jesus dies on a cross for for people he knows won't even choose him. It's the ability that we have to make a choice, a conscious decision. And some people are slow to uh, to follow Jesus, but the reality is some of us follow way too quickly without knowing the truth. Let me tell you the truth about Cool Church. Just just so you know, just so you're not guessing. Truth is, we're going to love people, even when they don't love us back. That's the truth. Let me get the truth about Cool Church. Truth is, we are family. But sometimes, because you call people family, don't be surprised when they disappoint you. It's the truth. Truth is, we will be more generous than we ever have been, and we're doing it not expecting anything in return. That's the truth. What's the truth? We honor each other. Even when we think the people that we're giving honor to don't deserve it or don't give us honor in return. Let me tell you the truth. Truth is we're excellent. Even if it takes us longer to reach or attain a goal than everybody else that we're trying to look at. Let me tell you the truth. Truth is that we're going to serve people even if they're ungrateful. Because we're brothers and sisters serving brothers and sisters. Truth is, we'll always be creative. And we're going to figure out ways to solve solutions to problems. Because if there's a problem and I'm here, that means that God has put me here to be a solution to the thing that's in front of me. That's the truth. Don't rush to be all in without counting the cost. Because the truth is, being a disciple will always cost you something. You cannot be a disciple if it does not cost you something. Second point, almost there. Truth is, we are called to live life on the move. Some of y'all don't like that. You want to be comfortable. <laughs> Truth is, we are called to live life on the move. Here we go. Luke 9, 57, 58. They're walking along the road. A man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Look at Jesus' response. It is cold, it is harsh, but it is real. Jesus replied, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to rest his head. This verse is important for two reasons, and in this point, I will give you the first reason. You have to understand, a den, a nest, or a place to rest your head, what is that? Those are dwelling places. They're types of homes. They're spaces to wind down and be comfortable. Jesus comes out the gate and says, if you want to follow me, I ain't got none of that. I don't have a nest. I don't have a den. I don't have a place to rest my head. I live my life on the move. You ever notice every time you read reading the Bible, Jesus was always going somewhere? He was always going somewhere because he did not have a place to rest. He was always living on mission. He was always moving. He was always walking to the next place. And the truth is, People are turned off by Christianity because they've been sold on this notion that if you live a Christian life, you live a comfortable life. But Christianity does not entitle you to a comfortable life. Show me where in this Bible that Jesus promises you a comfortable life. Please somebody give me chapter and verse. I've been looking for it forever. I can't find it. Jesus never promises us comfort. People ask, why are you you so comfortable moving around as a church all the time? Because Jesus didn't promise me comfort. He promised me a mission. And here's the truth. I don't even want a mission that's comfortable. I want a mission that costs me something. I want want a mission that, that I could wake up every day and be excited about. I want a mission that challenges me. I don't want to be comfortable. Jesus never promises you comfort. He promises you a cross. That's what he that's the that's the one thing that I could I could see in and, and all the promises of Jesus. They, they they're never about comfort. They're about something you have to carry. Jesus requires us all to carry something. We are not called to a life of comfort. We're called to live a life on the move. You know why? Because you cannot spread the gospel if you stay in the same place. The gospel is called to be spread throughout the world. Here's, here's the biblical validation for that point. Matthew 28, 19 to 20, it says, therefore, what does it say? Go. Read it with me. Go. What does it say? Go. What does it say? Go and make disciples. Does it say stay and make disciples? Not the Bible I read baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Luke 14, 23. Then the master told his servant, what'd he say? What'd he say? What'd he say? Go out into the roads and the country lanes. Other versions say go out into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Jesus is not telling us that we're going to live a life of homelessness. Jesus is not telling us that we're going to live a life of poverty. But I do believe that he is trying to tell us we will live a life on the move if we're trying to spread the gospel. We are called to live a life on the move. We cannot be too comfortable anywhere because the gospel is meant to travel. And do not think we going to get all comfortable up in this school. We going to bless this school. We going to serve this school. But I know God has called us to a place and we will build our own buildings. And when we're done with that one, don't think we going to get comfortable. We're going to build another one somewhere else. Don't think we're going to get comfortable low, Because when we done wrecking this city, we going to move on to the next one. And when we done wrecking that one, we going to go to the next state. And when we done wrecking that we're going to move on to the next country i want you to know that we will always live a life on the move because the gospel is not meant to stay in one place it is meant to travel it is not comfortable but it needs to go from place to place from house to house from person to person from heart to heart from soul to soul the gospel is meant to move if you believe it say amen get uncomfortable in your home with your family Some of you got people in your house that don't know Jesus and you sitting there comfortable? Truth is, if they don't know Jesus, man, hey, heaven will not be their home. But there's a place that was not designed for them that they are destined for because you sitting up there comfortable because you're too scared to tell them the truth. Get uncomfortable at your job, man, with your coworkers. Who cares if they don't believe like you? You can honor and you can be respectful of what people believe without being disrespectful, man. I can promote my faith without having to tear down somebody else's. I love the people enough around me to do that. We got to get uncomfortable. In our schools, some of y'all in university, or you teach in schools, and yes, you are trying to separate church and state, but let me tell you something. You can separate it as much as you want to. One thing none of us will be separated from is eternity. So you can be silent on this side if you want to, but it may literally cost someone their eternity. We cannot get too comfortable. Some of y'all, listen. This is low-hanging fruit. This shouldn't really even be hard, but some of y'all are too uncomfortable to share your faith on your social media platform. If I look at some of y'all pages, I get scared. And the folks that don't want me to see their pages, they put them on private. What you hiding? What you hiding? I don't want them to see what I'm really like outside of Sunday. Funny thing is people that hide their faith on social media rarely hide their politics I'm I'm gonna just drink this cuz son y'all ain't hear what I just said I see people being real loud about a bunch of nonsense but they ain't loud about the God that made them it's time for you to get uncomfortable in those spaces care what y'all think about me I love Jesus and he loves me Shh, man I don't expect y'all to say, "Amen, I didn't I promise you. I didn't. We're not called to comfort. We're called to move because the gospel was never meant to be stationary. It was created to move. Amen. Finally, as the band comes up, we close this out. Truth is some of us move way too fast. Truth is we're called to live life on the move. But finally, truth is you can't move forward without total trust, cannot move forward without total trust. Luke 9, 57, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Verse 58, Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to rest his head. When Jesus is saying that, not only is he saying that I'm living life on the move, to spread my message, but think about it: if you're constantly living your life on the move, you can never place your trust in material things, cause you can never hold on to them long enough. You hear one day, you hear the next. You you don't rely on material things anymore when you're always living on the move, cause you understand that nothing that his material will last. So I can't trust this to sustain me. No, if I live a life on the move, live a life of a disciple, I have to trust that if I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, I have to trust that if he requires me to live a life on the move, then if he requires that, he's also responsible for sustaining my life while I'm moving. says foxes have it don't clap clap don't give me a petty clap listen (laughs) if I got to constantly live my life moving Jerry if I got to constantly live my life that way then I got to live trusting that God is going to sustain me with every single step I take this is why people can quote scripture like I walk by faith not by sight because every step that I take is a faith step and I am requiring God to to literally make good on his promise to be a lamp into my feet and a light into my path as I continue to move forward. Don't you hear all the movement in these verses talking about steps and pathways? It's not a stagnant life. It's a life that requires you to move so much so that when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, our Father who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does he say next? Wow, y'all read your Bible. Give us this day or what? Give us what day? What day? He doesn't say give us tomorrow. He doesn't say give us next month. What day does he say to give the daily bread? And what kind of bread is it? It ain't, it ain't rye bread, it ain't wheat bread, it definitely ain't white bread. It's daily bread. Today, I need bread for today. Cause the bread that I got today, ain't gonna help me tomorrow. I need bread today. Every day I need bread today. Hey, God, you know why I need bread today because you told me I couldn't stay still. Yeah. If I could stay still, then maybe my bread for today might help me tomorrow, but I'm moving. So, I'm not going to be in the same place tomorrow for that bread to sustain me. So, I need bread for when I get over here. I need bread for when I get over here. I need bread for when I get over here. I need bread for when I'm over here. I need bread when I'm here. I need bread in my workplace. I need bread in my home. I need bread in my school. I need bread in my church. I need bread with my family. I need bread with my friends. I need bread wherever I go. Daily bread. This day our daily bread. He teaches us to pray like that because he know God requires us to live a life on the move so we would have to trust him daily to sustain us while we're moving. I really wish y'all knew what it took to get in this building today. We almost three years in as a church. January 30th, we're gonna celebrate three years. And I remember the early days when I was just trying to get people to come to church. We were having service in parks. We were having services in gyms. One gym literally had a boxing ring in the middle of it, and I talked from the boxing ring. One gym uh, was Shapes Fitness. It was all-women's gym, I remember that gym. It was an awesome place. Another time we had church in a conference center of a hotel. And then, man, i would mean, never forget, i never forget the day that we moved into New Renaissance Middle. Cause like, I, if I could be honest with you, I was like, God, you brought us this far. And I feel like this thing ain't gonna happen cause literally up to the day before, we hadn't even gotten clearance with, with um, the school board to get into the school. The school wanted us there. We were waiting on paperwork to go through and I was just praying. I was calling everybody. It was Saturday. I was like, listen, I, <laughs> listen, I got so many numbers in, in, in the Broward County offices, Then people were sick of me. I was like, I want your cell phone. I want your office number. I was calling everybody. I was like, listen, I just need you to say yes. If I could get a verbal confirmation, I ain't trying to break the law to be up in this thing. I just need y'all to say it. I was calling people all kinds of night. I was like, listen, I done told everybody we go to church tomorrow and we ain't got this building cleared. Y'all better figure this thing out. Some of y'all were here that very first Sunday. We jammed that place out. It was crazy, man. The move of God started right in Miramar. And then when I thought, like, it was awesome, just when I wanted to get comfortable, God said, nope, time to go. Got another opportunity for you. He opened up the Miramar Cultural Center. I was like, God, but we good right here, though, man. We good. We doing good. It's growing we're doing good he's like nope he's like you're gonna keep on serving them but that's not where you're supposed to be the doors of the miramar cultural center opened up and i was like man okay all right god you know i was tripping but i trust you man like you brought me to a better place i like this bread better it tastes better than the last bread and we were in there man we were killing it i remember it was july of 2019 and man the church ended up growing so fast by the time we got To January 2020 we were at two services and there were over 1,200 people in attendance in total and I was like God the bread can't get better than this it's like I ain't call you to 1,200 people I call you to a city and just when my pride wanted to take over March 2020 the world shut down guy was like, son, you still trust me? I'm like, I ain't got no choice. <laughs> I, need, I I was like, what the daily bread gonna look like today? Cause I don't even know where we gonna meet. We ain't even got camera equipment yet. Lo and behold, man, your generosity made it happen. We got camera equipment. And next week we were shooting right at the law, shooting services in there. Started recording services. Then lockdown got so bad. Y'all remember when, when y'all was watching messages and I was shooting them at my house? It's like come to my kitchen table, welcome to my house, church. And I, I was like thinking back, I was like, God, how long are we gonna do this? Like, this can't last for like, like I remember those early days, people was like, hey, by Easter, this 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 COVID thing will be gone. Like, like, why specifically Easter? Like, there's no way God's gonna let Easter be destroyed. God showed us all something. If if you think you need a doggone building to worship my son's resurrection, you got a problem. Just kept kept moving forward, man. Kept trying to figure it out. We were doing drive-bys, giving away masks, and we realized, man, the most important thing we could do right now, instead of just trying to have a service in a building, is going be the church. We start showing up everywhere, serving the community, man. 2020 went by, and I was like, man, praise God, we made it. I really hope we don't have to keep dealing with this in 2021. And we started having services again, uh, one service a month for the first six months of 2021 because we were still trying to play it safe and, and, and we, couldn't, we couldn't book consistent dates and there were still many COVID mandates on buildings, uh, especially the cultural center. So we were just trying to figure it out. And we, were, we became a hybrid church. It was awesome. And we kept figuring it out. I was like, God, is this what church supposed to look like? He said, no, nah, I ain't done yet, son. I ain't done. And we started... Meeting fully again in August, missing a couple days here and there because we couldn't book the dates. And the later the year got, and that last quarter of the year, man, a lot of things started to happen. And I started to get really comfortable with the idea of just saying, man, all right, God, let's expand these online platforms, man. Let's, let's try to do this hybrid thing and let's, let's figure it out. he says, son, that bread was yesterday. I got new bread for you but it's going to require something out of you and it's not just going to require something out of you it's going to require something out of the whole church and I remember clearly when the Holy Spirit gave me these verses he says listen you like this right now but when 2022 starts, I need all of y'all to be all in and I'm like all into what see God will never require you to do something without showing you a need first and I never forget the news as I saw it on CNN and I saw it on multiple local news platforms that a student that goes to this school was brutally murdered by some of his other classmates. At that time, the backdrop to that was that myself and Benjamin, who was operations director at Cool Church, went to a meeting with the Cultural Center. This is in October. You remember it? I said, all right, we want to book as many dates as we can for 2022 because God told us we got to be all in. I want to clear out your calendar now. It was like, yeah, that's cute. <laughs> Somebody else already booked it up. What you gonna do? We, we might be able to give you one Sunday a month. I said, nah, man, this, ain't, this don't sound like all in to me. I said, respectfully, this don't sound like daily bread. We can't do this. Um, thank you for everything that you've done. God's been a blessing, but I get it. You're making the decision, because you got to keep your business going. I got you, cool. At the same time, I was in my prayer closet, like, Lord, if I ever needed you to deliver some daily bread, I don't know why I'm going to tell these people we meeting on January 2022. He says, Follow the mission, son. I saw that news report, and many, there's teachers that go to cool church, there's parents of students that go to cool church, and they all started flooding in and telling me the need. And I said, Man, I found out that my heart's breaking. And everybody just kept saying, man, we got to do something. We got to do something. I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't know what we're going to do, but I said, the thing I always do when I don't know what to do is pray. And I called one of our contacts here. And I said, do you think that the principal would mind if we just came into school and prayed with the faculty and the staff and the kids that want to pray? She says, I don't think that will be a problem. She made the connect. And we came in, man, and I'll never forget. It was a room of maybe about 40 faculty or so. And we took some of our team up in there, man, and we just start praying and pleading the blood of Jesus over this school. And by the time we were done, teachers and staff were crying, man. It was like, this school has needed this for so long. And I kept feeling that tug on my heart. And God gives you boldness when you need it. I said, I said, principal, I I, I just got this feeling like this shouldn't end like there's something else we can do like it can't just end at this prayer meeting he says yeah I agree with you we got to figure something out and a bonus came up in my spirit I said I know that schools ain't really letting churches in with the whole COVID thing and all that stuff and you guys are you guys are being very cautious I said man what if what if we were able to serve you better than what we just did what if we could serve you on a weekly basis He said what do you mean I said well I think that, I think that us having a presence here will not only bless you because we'll be able to give you equipment and do different things like that, but the last school that we were at, New Renaissance Middle, the greatest compliment that the, the, the principal ever gave, she was like, man, the atmosphere of our school is different. You guys aren't even physically here like that anymore, but ever since you've been here, the atmosphere of the school has changed. I said, can I, can I offer you an atmosphere of change? kick, kick. And without hesitation, she said, absolutely. She she hooked us up with the assistant principal. We've been going back and forth for months just to get all these contracts straight, just to get all this sound stuff in. And let me tell you how petty the enemy is. He already knew how much we was going to turn up when we got in this place. He started Let me tell you something. He started using the insurance policy to stop us from getting in this doggone room. Can I tell you, like for about a month, we've been trying to get our insurance upgraded. We don't have a problem doing it. And I'm I'm going to be, can I be like super real with him? The cost to get our insurance premium updated, guess how much it was? $16. The reason that it didn't change quickly. is because the people in the offices just didn't feel like changing it. So we had to pray. The school was bending over backwards to get us in here. If I could be honest with you, we should have been in here last week. But there was a gatekeeper somewhere. There was a gate, And they might not, they probably didn't even realize that they were being used by the enemy. But I said, saints... I called the OG saints, I called my wife, I called Tim and said, y'all, we're going to pray this insurance go through. And I'm going to tell the church, we're going to meet there on January 9th come hella high water. I wasn't scared to say that because we've been there before. We've been there before. We did it before. And I served the God that if he did it then, he could do it right now. And we prayed, and we prayed, and it was Wednesday. Wednesday the documentation for our insurance premium to raise came in and as soon as it happened the next step for it was to go to the school board. That takes five to eight days to clear but the assistant principal, she said no, I know people at the school board and she walked up in that place and she says our school needs this church and can I tell you that God expedited the process and something that should have taken eight days happened in one day in the name of Jesus. See some of y'all want to trust in man. Some of y'all want to trust in your money, but every step I take, I trust my God, because my God cannot fail. My God can do all things. Nothing is impossible. For my God, I put my whole trust and faith in Jesus. If you believe it, say amen. You cannot be all in until you fully Holy and totally trust Jesus Christ with every aspect of your life Not just some aspects All of it, man We are literally standing here today by a miracle of the Most High God God says I don't want y'all They have to flow online every week anymore. We're going to flow online now just so we can bless our family that can't make it or physically be here. But this will be our house. And I love it because as we were setting all this stuff up for you, I never forget the assistant principal. She looked at me as I was on a FaceTime call. Ben and the team were setting up and she said, Pastor Terrence, welcome home. Welcome home. Now when I walk through the hallways and the principal sees me, she's like, Pastor Terry! Because they have, they literally, they literally were being used by God to supply our daily bread. All we had to do was trust Him. That's all we got to do, y'all. I can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow, but I got faith in Jesus Christ that with every step I take, Every move I make, because he's been honest with me about what this thing is going to be, I may not always know what was happening, but I trust him through it all. Do you trust him? With every head bowed, every eye closed, my call is simple, my call is clear. Some of you might say you love Jesus, but do you really trust him? Do you trust him when your back is up against the wall? Do you trust him when everything in the world says No. Do you still believe that he says yes? I don't know who I'm talking to today, but there's people in this room and you want to be all in. But you have not fully and wholly and totally given your life to Jesus. Listen, man. Some of y'all may have responded to an altar call and you was like, oh, I said the prayer. And then you go out and live like the devil. Jesus doesn't want half of you. He wants all of you. He wants you to totally trust him. 2022 can be the greatest year of your life. But I'm only saying that after I've already told you the truth about who I'm asking you to follow. You get the truth before you get the blessing. Get the truth. Christianity is not easy, but God is always there with you. God is always faithful. It's not a life of comfort. It's a life on the move. It's a life where you got to trust God every single day. When everybody says no, always believe in your heart. Your God says yes. If you want to totally give your life to Jesus, all trust in him. The Bible that I read tells me that the only way to God is through Jesus. The only way to God, listen, you can try to believe all this other stuff if you want to. The only way to get to God is through Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man gets to the Father except through him. On the count of three today, if you're in this room or you're online, nobody's looking, just me and God. You say, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to put my total trust in him, not in religion. I want to put my total trust in Jesus Christ. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Hold it up high enough and long enough for me to see it. Hold it up. Hold it up. I see you. I see you. Hold it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Hallelujah. There's already people standing for other reasons, but if your hands up, stand up. If your hands up, stand up. Don't be shy now. Jesus says, Hey, if you deny me before, man, I'm going to deny you in front of my Father. Do me a favor. If your hands up and you're standing, walk down here right now. I promise you, you're not alone. I see you and you and you and you and you and you. Come. Total trust. What a better way to start your year? Total trust in Jesus. Come. Come, come right here. Total trust in Jesus. Come, come. God bless you. God bless you, come. Come, come, family. Come, come. I always do this because we family you never have to do anything alone man i congratulate y'all brave souls that walk down here praise god for you this is going to be the greatest year of your life because you are putting total trust in jesus Everybody standing i want you to do this because we family some of you be like yo i'm brave but i ain't that brave that's okay i want everybody right now to look at your neighbor and say hey i know that was tough but if you're scared, I'll go with you. If they say yeah, just grab them by the hand and walk them down so they ain't got to come by. So just I want to take a moment because I want to make sure that by the time we clear this room, I want to feel good about the fact that everybody got an opportunity. What's an opportunity? A favorable time for an attainment of a goal. An opportunity. Let's see, look, see people still coming. Praise God. Yeah. That's why we do that. I just want to make sure everybody got the opportunity. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. We good? Everybody going to heaven? Everybody love Jesus? I just want to make sure. Good. Reach your hands towards these family members down here. Bible says it like this, family. Look at me if you're down here. Romans 10 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart he was raised from the dead, you're saved. You don't have to know every scripture. It will help. It will help you live this life and walk by faith, not by sight. It will help. But that's not that's not the requirement for heaven. The requirement for heaven? Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord believe in your heart he was raised from the dead nobody could take your salvation away from you don't walk around in this life doubting oh uh, you ain't really saved look how you acting you say listen my god knows exactly who i am he made me he created me he saved me he changed me if you're down here at this altar i'm asking you to do one more thing surrender throw your hands up just surrender we throw our hands up when we at the concert surrender <laughs> I want everybody, everybody in this room and everybody online to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me into to your wonderful family. Today, today, Today. I give my life life completely to you. you. I'm yours, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Listen, I can't open up the auditorium ceiling and show you, but the Bible says when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration in heaven. Angels break dancing. They got a choir up there that sound better than Kanye West Sunday service choir they turning up for y'all right now. So, I can't show it to you, I wanna help you hear what that sounds like. On the count of three, everybody in this room, y'all gonna shout like y'all at a, um, a Dolphins, game. no, 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 not Dolphins, at a Miami Heat game, cause we're doing good right now. Y'all, and y'all gonna shout, I want you to shout even louder than that, cause they need to know that they are sons and daughters of the Most High God. I want them to know what heaven is doing right now. And when they start screaming, you see that sign says welcome to the family that's what you are your family so you are gonna turn that way you're just gonna walk into our courtyard I don't want people to make a decision about Jesus and we don't give you a resource to ask questions there'll be people there that you can you can ask questions to they'll pray for if you want it but they have a gift for you we're gonna give you a Bible a note from me and my wife and some other cool stuff I just want to bless you today is that okay so on the count of three when they leave, they're not getting raptured. I promise you, they're just going to be in the courtyard. You can find them thereafter. On the count of three, we're going to turn up online. Y'all need to turn up. Here we go. One, two, three. Let them know. Let them know. Let them know how much God loves them. Let them know how special they are. Let them know how amazing they are. Let them know. Let them know. Let Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are cool And always remember that you were created out of love.